you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Notable Peeps Podcast, a series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming true. Listening to the Notable Peeps podcast. Hello, my name's Steph, and today I have with us Abby Ward. And about a year and a half ago, Abby was hiking Lisa Falls up Little Kama Canyon, and she fell off a cliff, which landed her in a coma for six weeks, and she was in the hospital for three months, and she wasn't able to talk for four of those months. And so it's awesome that Abby, you're able to be here and that you're able to talk and to share your story. So welcome. Well, thank you. It's awesome to be here. Well, I have had. So many people be like, you have to interview Abby and get her story. If I started counting off everyone, I'm like, it's probably been eight people who, because we have a a similar group of people that we know, but like people just love you and they're like, talk to Abby. She has such a a great perspective and such an inspiration. So to start, let's just talk a little bit about that day a year and a half ago, uh, Lisa Falls. How how did it start out and and just describe your experience? It started out really fun. I was hiking with my brother. We loved to hike together, and we just tried to, like, push ourselves a little farther each time. And I knew I was going on a mission soon. That's right. Where were you called to? I was called to Sweden. Okay, to Sweden. I told myself that, like, I had to get to the top of Lisa Falls before I left. Turns out that that wasn't the smartest decision I made. (laughs) But I did make it to the top. Oh, yeah. It was just on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> so you and your brother, you're, you're hiking. So I've never been up to Lisa Falls. So oh I, my I'm gosh. imagining that it's a rock. Are you like it's reclimbing? Or? Pretty much. It's technically a hike, but you really should have some ropes or gear or something. So my brother and I were hiking up. It's a series of waterfalls, mm-hmm. like 15. So I made it to the top just fine, but then on the way down, I fell on, like, the 12th waterfall. You're coming down, and, I mean, hiking, it's always, <laughs> yeah. coming down is always, like, the, <laughs> it's fun because you aren't going uphill, but then if it's steep, you're like, oh, no, yeah. I'm going to biff it. <laughs> and so did you just slip, or what What exactly happened? Um, I'm not sure yeah. because I, like, was in a coma right after. <laughs> That's a good point. I think that um, the rock was like a little bit damp because it's a waterfall. And I started to slip and I tried to like catch myself. I, My mom told me my fingernails were jammed full of rocks. So I imagine I probably tried to like save myself. (laughs) But yeah, so I fell. For six weeks... You don't know what happened because you were in a coma. Yeah, I remember just it was scary and not peaceful like you think of sleep being. It was a lot scarier than sleep. So could you hear, I mean, could you hear people's voices or how, like, I don't know what a coma is like. Well, I mean, I don't have very many um, memories. What I do remember, I was like looking for my body I know that sounds weird, but 
I guess like my spirit or whatever got separated mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember where I was and I just remember searching everywhere and then I remember one of my first memories in like Utah in my body I was so uh, like upset because my parents were watching the Olympics and I was like turn this off I'm so bored. And so that was when you had woken up from the... Well, I was still in a coma, but yeah. my first memory... Oh, so you were... Yeah. Okay, so I get it. You're, like, in the coma, and they're watching the Olympics. And... Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> who, I'm who happy. Who wants to see what's his bucket win another gold medal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not impressed. I was like, I didn't like this before. Why would I like it now? <laughs> When you when you woke up from the coma, I mean, I remember reading a book. I think it was a Babysitter's Club book, but the girl nice. talked about coming, waking up from a coma. <laughs> Describe that experience, or is it pretty foggy? Um, I mean, it's weird because my memories are pretty foggy until I start talking. Uh-huh. But I remember doing a lot of therapy, like practice walking and stuff, and just like functioning as a human yeah well so was that I mean you weren't able to speak at first yeah so was that frustrating the only frustrating time was the day before I started talking I went to church and I wanted to sing the hymns and I was so upset that I couldn't so I mouthed all the words and then the next morning I could talk so Oh, I really? guess it worked. Hey. <laughs> and then once you were able to start talking, did you just... I have not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a big talker, and so I think of it like four months of not being able to, to communicate yeah. with my words would be... <laughs> it, was, it was difficult. So I saw an Instagram post where you talked about neuroworks and how when you <laughs> went in there that, that you weren't able to talk, that you weren't able to play the piano yeah. and and do all these things. Couldn't and even walk. Couldn't. Oh, yeah, you couldn't walk. Drive. Couldn't, like, I couldn't even brush my own teeth. Man. <laughs> and so the the staff at NeuroWorks and your experience there, so just little by little you started. Yeah. The first thing that came back was actually um, occupational therapy and stuff, like brushing my teeth and driving and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I started brushing my teeth, like, the night I talked. I was like, I'll do this now. Yeah. And it's, that's, like, a task that we take for granted, where it's like, oh, just brushing my teeth, you know? Yeah, but like, yeah. When... You don't realize how good you've got it until it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, walking, how did that... Um, well, so, at the year mark... I was walking a little, like, I didn't have as much stability or balance as I do now. And that wasn't very long ago, but it's, like, eons ago because I'm so much better already. Yeah. So. And so I imagine that falling, you probably broke, did you break a lot of bones or? Uh, no. I only broke my skull and my cheekbone. Well, I feel like school is a pretty big thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was significant. 
<laughs> and your cheekbone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It was okay. I mean, not great. But at least I didn't have a broken leg. Yeah. Because let me tell you, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really frustrated. Because I couldn't do anything that I once did. Because... Not only was I healing from falling off a cliff and I was, like, unable to walk, but my friends were on missions, so I couldn't do anything with them. I hadn't... It seemed like I had nothing, but I actually had enough, I guess. I got through it, and I gotta go to a lot of movies with my mom, so... <laughs> it wasn't all bad. <laughs> Well, as you're talking about that your friends are all gone on missions, you had been, you had your call <laughs> to go on your mission, to not be able to go, was that just devastating? Um, yeah. Not going on my mission was one of the hardest things that I had to make my peace with. Mm -hmm. For the first, like, six months after I started talking, I was convinced that once I could walk... I don't remember, like, five miles a day or whatever, I was going to be gone. <laughs> but I, honestly, I love school, and I miss it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to do that again. Well, and as you're talking, it made me think about um, a couple episodes ago, I interviewed a friend of mine. Her name's Rachel, and she talked a lot about option B and making option B look good. And she, she's 40 and she's never been married. And option A was for her to have all these kids by the time she graduated from BYU. But as you were talking, you know, here you had option A to, to go on your mission. And obviously option A was to not fall off a cliff and to have to yeah. go through all this physical therapy and occupational therapy, but how you're able to take this option B that comes and to find yeah. this passion. You know, I really do think it's just, like, you have to learn to accept whatever God throws at you. You don't really have any other option, so you might as well make your peace with that. So that's what I've tried to do. Uh, those are wise words, to make your peace. <laughs> so I guess what's your advice to someone that's going through a situation where it's not the option they wanted <laughs> and they're frustrated like what's your advice to them or how how are you able to make that peace I always like to think that um God has something better in mind and something like much like happier really <laughs> and so you just have to trust that once you do this one kind of hard thing there will be a lot of different options, and they'll be better. And it's having that trust in God that can be the hard part. Yeah, of, yeah. Wait, no, this is what I want to do. So, <laughs> I, on the year mark of your fall, you had a <laughs> what was it? A staying alive party or on a, death day? On death day party. <laughs> it was the day I didn't die. The day you didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tell us a little bit about this party that you threw. <laughs> so, I actually fell 25 days before my birthday. Oh. And so, I kind of turned my undeath day into my birthday because mm -hmm. everyone's born, but not everyone, like, almost dies. Yeah. So, it was really neat because it was, like, 
a really big party. It was on death day, and I secretly counted it as birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you have for your? So, um, I we rented a place, a property, and we just had some Asian food mm-hmm. come in, and then we had a lot of treats and. People brought presents, which was awesome. I didn't like ask them, mm-hmm. and I didn't tell them it was also my birthday party. Mm-hmm. But they brought presents anyway. So I was just <laughs> thinking, I'm like, what do you get someone for their undead day? I've never been to an undead day party. <laughs> <laughs> I got this awesome water bottle uh-huh. that keeps my drink cold for forever. It's like insulated. Oh, cool. <laughs> And then some chocolate, because I mentioned that that was what I like, Mm -hmm. and it is. (laughs) I once went to a person's going away party, and I came in late, and this guy was in this coffin in the middle of the room. (laughs) That was his going away party. Oh my gosh. Everyone had to, like, say something about him for this, like, farewell, like he was dying. So... Oh my gosh. <laughs> when I heard on death party, like, yeah. I was thinking, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What, but that, you're it's death like party that, but it's undeath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds a lot more lively. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a year and a half, so you started talking at about four months. Mm-hmm. So, what were some other accomplishments after um, that? Being able to walk without my mom. Uh-huh. For like kind of just being really nervous every time I walked anywhere because I mean, she wanted to make sure I wasn't going to fall. It took a while to prove that I wasn't going to because I lost my balance a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how many months was that after that you were able to start walking? Um, it was probably, um, well, I don't know. Walking was, like, a lot slower. Uh-huh. So, like, the first time I, like, walked was probably eight months after I fell. Okay. But then, like, I still had bad balance at the year mark. So it was probably 13 or 14 months before I could actually, like, walk around. hmm So... And so then you started walking, and I bet that just felt so freeing to have yeah independence. After so. not being able to do it for so long, it was so awesome. <laughs> That's great. Um, and then what were some other accomplishments? Um, so I was a really big pianist before, uh-huh. and the day I started talking, I asked to play the piano. So I've been practicing ever since, and I was, like, really good before. I had taken it for, I think, 14 years oh, whoa. before I fell. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, falling off a cliff makes your fingers not want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of had to restart and learn everything over again. And my fingers aren't perfect yet, but they're okay. Like, I can play hymns, and I'm not doing too bad. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I interviewed a lady a while ago. Uh, sorry to keep on bringing things back. I just like sharing what I learned. Yeah. But she's a dating yeah. coach, and she talked about how it's our imperfections that make us lovable. And so I have no doubt. That, well, then, I'm very lovable. <laughs> but, but really, I have no doubt, like, seeing, like hearing you play the piano, and because you want it so bad, and that, that you know, all, this, all these years of practice, and how you said your fingers aren't cooperating, but... But that doesn't make you any less of a, a pianist, so. Yeah, because I'm trying. I'm practicing every day. I did learn it really well the first time, so I feel like I get some credit for that. Yeah, I think you get a lot <laughs> of credit for that. So how has your relationship with your parents changed since the accident? Oh my gosh. Because you have to rely a lot <laughs> yeah, on them. Yeah, I learned a lot more to trust them and to just, I guess, rely on them a lot more. I had just, like, moved out of the house for college, and then I was back at home and, like, relying on them for everything. I couldn't do anything. It took me, like... I don't know, a year and a half to, or no, sorry, a year to learn to drive. So for the first year, I had to have them drive me anywhere, everywhere. So that's just one, one way. So it's like being a teenager again. Of well, it's like being a twelve-year-old with bad balance. <laughs> <laughs> bad balance. Yeah. But but with this, I bet that you've grown closer with the people in your family because, I mean, yeah. I'm someone that I don't like asking for help, but anytime I do, it mm-hmm. always, like, <laughs> bonds you with the... Exactly. And plus, my brother was the one who saved my life. He, like, called 911, and he was there to pull me out of the water and stuff. So I owe him my life, and I love that I can see him every day and, you know, constantly remind him of all that he's done for me. Yeah, I thought that was terrifying for him to... Oh my gosh, yeah. So how many feet did you fall? Uh, 70 about. They didn't measure it, yeah. (laughs) They didn't measure because it's stupid to go up there. (laughs) So I take it you haven't gone back for a hike up there. Yeah, no. I've <laughs> gone to the base, uh-huh. but I think that's as far as I go, unless I take a helicopter ride. Yeah. <laughs> so how was it going to the base? It was good. I remembered why I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't regret my actions too much, or I'm not mad at myself because I totally get why I did that. Mm-hmm. It's because it's beautiful. <laughs> so I guess I do kind of regret my actions because, you know, brain injuries are not fun. But, you know, I understand why I did it. So I think I would make that same mistake again. Well, and, and hearing you talk, I mean, you didn't go into it being like, you know, today I am going to go on this hike to this pretty place and fall 70 feet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Being in Utah, we're surrounded by so many beautiful mm-hmm. 
hikes and trails and just being in nature and you mm-hmm. forget that oh yeah there's a risk yeah associated exactly and i had done everything else successfully i had been on that hike a ton before like maybe 30 times oh, really? before i fell but so you never think like you're actually gonna fall and then you do <laughs> yes, and uh, I feel like that actually can be related to so many things in life that you never think <laughs> that you're gonna fall and yeah, and that and then it happens and <laughs> yeah, things don't go our way. And... <laughs> so we've talked a lot about you know like the progress that you've made and like how you've learned to trust God and how you've like mm-hmm. learned to rely on your family, but overall from this experience. Mm-hmm. I guess, what's your biggest takeaway from it? Well, I don't know, I guess, because I still think I'm still kind of in recovery. I'm still counting it so I can, whatever, still improve at Mm -hmm. my current rate. But I guess so far, the biggest takeaway is that God really does love us all and if you try to do what he says, he'll try to keep you safe, even if you fall off a cliff. <laughs> so, Abby, seriously, you have such a great personality. I love how you're able to bring humor to a situation that's hard. You know, having this brain injury, learning how to walk again, learning how to talk. It's all hard stuff, but your personality really is inspiring. And so it's been so great talking with you today. Thanks so much for taking time out and and coming and visiting. Well, thank you. It's awesome to be here. Well, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to Abby's story. And remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. Just like Abby. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for pushing play and listening to this episode. For more information about today's guests or to submit a nomination for a remarkable person that you would like to hear interviewed, head on over to NotablePeeps.com. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming.